Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hi everyone, I'm Teresa Heal, and I want to thank Chris Platty for talking about Young Living Essential Oils. So I'm going to talk about a few of them myself. We have Thieves Essential Oil, and it supports a healthy immune function and may contribute to overall wellness when taken as a supplement, which is our Thieves Vitality line. We have Peppermint, it's fresh and energizing. You can diffuse it in the room while you're studying to improve your concentration, which is great. Then we have lemon, which also aids in concentration, especially wonderful aid for children who are struggling with school or have learning challenges. Those are just a few. So if you have any questions, contact TeresaHeal at Comcast.net. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-L at Comcast.net. Thanks. Have a great day. And thanks, Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and joining me for this conference finals breakdown is my man, Akil. Akil, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. What you been up to? Uh, not much, man. I've lived a less eventful life than you, that's for sure. How was L.A.? Oh, L.A., yeah, it was good. So, real quick, uh, I went to L.A. for a wedding... And then, um, so that was Friday and Saturday. Friday was like a big dinner thing, run through of the wedding. And then Saturday was the actual wedding. Um, Saturday night, I flew up to San Fran. I mean, down. No, up. Why did I say up? <laughs> I flew. Yeah, why did I say down? Yeah, I flew up to San Fran. Um, then I drove to Oakland. And then I watched a little. Game three Warriors basketball Sunday during the day. And man, that game time is weird. And it's just because it's like specific. It's like Pacific time. So it started at like, what, 5 o'clock because it was 8.30 here. Oh, wow. 5.30 there. So yeah. Yeah, went to game three. Um, It was a really good game. Really entertaining. How is the Warriors? uh, How is the Warriors home court? Is it worth the hype? Yo, I, I'm not gonna lie. I like, I got a cheaper deal for my seats because don't want to like brag, but I got like plugged in there. But um, like I, some people like I was just like looking online during the day. Like they have like a standing room section where you pay like seven hundred bucks just to stand. Jeez, jeez, which is wild. Now I know why they can afford that big luxury tax bill. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, that luxury tax, that with the gambling coming in, they already have Bucky's like built into their new arena, basically like a gambling station there. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah they'll be fine. But no, oh, Warriors home court when that place is rocking. Yeah, it's a tough place to play. I see why, man, for sure. Yep. Only second to only Detroit. <laughs> for sure, you got that one right, man. That Little Caesars Arena rocking. 
uh, speaking of Warriors, do you just want to start there now? Yeah, let's start there. So for preference, just just before we get to Warriors-Rockets, we are actually recording this live as the final seconds of Cleveland-Boston wraps up. About 18.2 left in the fourth quarter. Boston's up 14, so the game is over. Um, so, but yeah, we'll start with the we'll start with the West side. So, Rockets, Golden State. Uh, since we did this podcast, uh, it was it was 1-0 Golden State, and we were and we both said Golden State in five, maybe four, and uh, turns out we have a series, right? Like it's two two. <laughs> Do we have a series though? Do we really? All right, so let me lay out the let me let me lay out the case for why it should be why it should be a ser- why conventional wisdom would think that it this is a series. So it's two two, and the Rockets had sixty five wins in the regular season, and they have two of the next three games at home, plus the Warriors are injured at this moment. Um, they have injuries to Clay and Iguodala, which we'll touch on, I'm sure, throughout the throughout the conversation of this series. But um, overall, so with all those things being said, is it still doesn't feel like he, it, it, it's two two, but it still doesn't feel like it's a series. All right, yeah, and I don't want to seem like sound like the Rockets have no chance, but to me, honestly. The, only real team that can beat Golden State is Golden State. Um, I'll get into that. Um, they're really complacent as in the sense of every single game they do this thing where they think that they could turn it on and flip the switch for 30 seconds of half basketball. They do it in the third quarter all the time. They won't play the whole first half, barely flow and survive. Then they turn it on for the third quarter blow teams up by, like, 15, and then they coast the rest of the game because they're, like, that good. But the Rockets are, okay, they're pretty good. So, like, they're the only team they can't do that against, right? So it's them realizing that they finally have to play full basketball, and honestly, I think it's a good wake-up call for them because it's like, hey, we can't do the same bullshit that we always do and we have to play a full 48-minute basketball game. And when they're locked in and they mentally want to play basketball, you'll get games like Game 1 and Game 3 where they just destroy you. So I'm not really that stressed. Um, I really want to figure out what's going on with Ikadala and uh, Clay Because you can clearly see that they miss Andre out there because he's just an extra defender. Like, he might not be the best offensive player, but damn, you miss that dude defensively. Uh, one quick stat, uh, he was guarded James and CP3 46 time on ISOs, and they were only successful three out of those 46 times on field goal attempts. Wow. So, um, well, not even just three out of successful in terms of not field goals attempts, just anything happening as far as like a pass getting off for a shot or them doing something. So, yeah, he's a great primary ball defender. And now when you do have those pick and rolls um when you do try to set that screen um Iguodala can try to fight through it and you don't have to leave Steph stranded out there on an island and also I mean people want to touch it about Steph like yeah he's an awful defender but he's a good team defender in the sense of like he defends well in a team which is what you need but the dude really does try a lot he's just a bad defender like you can tell that he puts a lot of effort into defense because it's kind of screwing up his game offensively a little bit and you can see that he's putting out effort. And uh, CP3 and the Rockets, I think they need to be um, uh, defensively. Uh, that's where they'll win the series for sure if they have a shot to win it. Because offensively, um, they'll keep trading buckets back and forth. But yeah, defensively, they're going to have to keep stepping it up and play well. They played well um, last series. Like Nobody expected a 95-92 at score for yeah. a Rockets-Warriors game. Like, yeah. I thought it was going to be, like, a one one thirty something to 120-something. Like, I thought 95-92 was just like, all right, that's the end of the third quarter here. Like, all right. But, yeah, I rambled there, but uh, let's hear what you got. Yeah, so um, I, like, I like what you said. I mean, obviously, we saw the the impact of Iguodala not playing. Um, and not just – and you talked about everything you said is so is so right about his primary defense glad you brought up that number because i didn't actually know that number um but it totally makes sense but um another thing too is he's just a great team defender too 
and um, so not only is he great with the primary with the primary ball handling, the ISO stopping one on one defense, but he's also a very good um, he's also a very good backline. Like when him and Draymond are on the back lines together, it's just it's it, it it's madness. They're playing every passing lane. They're getting deflections. They're getting steals. They're getting blocks. They're 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 just creating a bunch of chaos, and that and that's big for Houston um, because they're they're predicated on on moving the ball and getting these shooters open, and so when you have a guy like Iguodala, he really helps, especially when especially when the defense breaks down. He's a great guy. He's great in those situations where he could play. Uh, where he where it's two on one against him, he's great at those at those uh, at those plays because he's just so smart, which is what we talked about before. But um, as far as as far as the the Rockets go, because um, you touched a lot about the Warriors, so I want to kind of touch about the Rockets. Um, I thought they played a phenomenal game. Um, pr- credit to them too. I I I I know that you could say that Golden State beat themselves, but I think we're kind of underselling Houston because. Houston was down zero to. I mean, it, they they had zero points in six minutes of basketball. They started out oh, zero to zero to twelve in the hole, and they and they came back. They could have easily. And then the then in the third quarter, another Golden State rally. You know that they're good at this. You know they're gonna punch you every third quarter. That's what they do. That's what they love to do. And they and Houston withstood that, got all the way back and won this game. Now, even though they won this game, let's let's kind of talk about those last few sequences because that's where a lot of the controversy uh, controversy is with with the timeout and all that. But uh, one of the things I took away from this is that the Rockets still, despite earning all the praise that I just gave them for playing well, uh, PJ Tucker played phenomenal, Ariza played phenomenal, uh, Harden and CP3 of course played phenomenal, uh, but. Houston was still lucky in this win because Steph Curry missed two open threes down the stretch. He missed the yeah. he missed the wide open one with what was it like a minute and a half left, and then he yeah. missed the the point five turnaround inbound uh, three. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he got that shot off at the end though. Even if it went in, like that was really close. Yeah, I didn't really paid too much attention since it didn't go in um but but yeah yeah that 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 could be true but still um i mean what they what curry had that wide wide open three at the end um at the end in like a minute and a half left in the game and he missed that and i believe at that point the warriors were either down three or down one i was like oh i was like oh my goodness like the rockets are catching every break and that's a lot of things. That's the other thing. It's like, I get that defensively they both played really well, but it's just like, if you want to win a game by three points by counting on these guys to miss wide open looks from threes, like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's... And also, Go ahead. Yeah, also, like, I'm not going to try to take away any credit from, like... Houston in general and what they do, like, even if the door is wide open, you still have to walk through the door physically to, like, walk through it. Mm-hmm. So they did it, like, good for them. But a lot of things were, I, there was a lot of suspect things going on from Steve Kerr, like those, that last half of basketball. Like, I don't really get what he was doing, because, like, whenever they made their run, Steph was out, like, they'd be up 15 and he pulls Steph for six minutes, and then they go on a nineteen to four run, and then basically all the momentum switches, and it's just like I don't know. They ran no Steph Curry KD pick and roll the whole second half, and I don't know, man. It was just weird. Plus, I thought they really should have got that timeout with like that twelve seconds left. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, um, and, and one other thing to point quickly point to mention. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't Clay in that last two minutes as well have a wide open three that he missed? Yeah, um, they missed four wide open threes, as in somebody wasn't there with seven feet of guarding them, basically. Damn. Yeah. So 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 that was huge. But as far as the timeout, let's get to timeout because that's that's the interesting thing, right? Um, I think what was originally going through Steve Kerr's head is when KD had the ball that, okay, we're just going to let KD, 
we're just going to let Katie attack. <laughs> and I, and I like that because in the open court, in the open court, the Warriors are the most lethal team. Like they're they're great in half court, but they are just unbeatable in 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 the open court. So I like that they were trying to push the ball, see if they could get a good a good cross match that they could exploit. Um, and, and with twelve or it was what twelve or fourteen seconds, so they had yeah. plenty. So they had plenty of time to get down the floor, and try and push it, and then if not, if if they don't have anything immediately pull back, get a pick and roll, create a switch, and have an ISO. So they had all the time, but when KD passed it to Clay and Clay was trapped, that's when that's when Kerr's got to call a timeout in my mind. Okay, and you know what happened? Apparently, Jamon was up top calling for that timeout right then and there. Apparently, he said timeout and he made the tech motion, but nobody gave it to him. So I don't know. I'm just saying I heard from uh, various beat writers, uh, Anthony Slater and Chris Haynes. Check those guys out. They usually do great work for them. But um, they said that those two called for – he called for a timeout. And Steve Kerr, post-game pressure, he said the same exact thing. Jamon called out, called for a timeout, but nobody gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I had heard is – I actually heard that it was Steve Kerr that called for the timeout. But, um, but maybe I, I heard- was – Maybe I was Drake mistaken. Called for it, and then he said that he noticed he didn't, and he was going to call for it. But he said if Jamon wanted to get it, he wouldn't either. So he played it out anyways. But I feel like even I just don't know. That was one of those moments when there was those six, seven, six, seven, eight seconds left. They were down what two? The, was it two? Yeah. It was ninety four, ninety two, and then yeah. they got that foul right. Yeah. My thing is, um, even then, Steph and Katie were out there like. I don't know why what you wouldn't hold for last shot and like even if worse comes to worse, just do a Steph KD pick and roll. I think also like I love KD like he's phenomenal he's really good but there's just way too many KD isos for my for my taste on that team. Yeah, you could tell that the Warriors just aren't comfortable with the amount of isos they're running. Well, and the it- thing is too like the the thing that makes Golden State so good. Is that a they're really elite defensive team and their offense isn't predicated on ISOs. Like you have so many playmakers on that team, you don't have to ISO. Like Golden, I mean Houston on the other end, they have three shooters on the team not named James Harden and CP3. So they ISO, they try to make plays, and basically if they can't, they ISO again. Blah 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 blah. blah. But like my thing is, Katie, I'm fine with you ISOing, but it's like. That's like a last resort type of thing to me on the Golden State team. It's like you run your set, five seconds left on the shot clock, you have nothing there. Oh, let me throw it down to the seven-footer on the post and get the best shot possible. Like, I just don't want to sit here and see KD ISO for 20 seconds on the shot clock. Like, I'm not here for that one bit. Not when you have this the offense and the yeah. talent that the Warriors have. Like, yeah, and also you have 12 seconds left. I swear to God you could get a better shot out of a Steph Curry KD pick and roll than a KD ISO to clay in, in a really awkward spot like you yeah. made clay dribble four times like that's not gonna be a good shot like he doesn't want to do that like it was just it was just weird like yeah. that's what i mean when i say like the warriors shot themselves in the foot multiple times that game they did like with the turnovers and that stuff like i don't want to take any credit away from houston because they still physically won the game but a lot of the areas that golden state came from were them making them themselves yeah, that's very true, and that's why I ultimately reside with still with the Warriors winning this, um, winning. Yeah, I this put the series. back one game now. Warriors and six. I think they do. Yeah. Dang, was that me? That, that was you. That wasn't me. I would have put <laughs> it on my hand. Okay, okay, I'll put that on mute. Sorry about that. But what were you saying? Yeah, that's why. And honestly, I think it's Warriors and six now because it's like they just kind of. I think their focus level is high enough to be like, you know what, we have to stop messing around with these dudes and stop killing ourselves. But I don't know. Like, these injuries are kind of weird. So we can talk about that for a little bit if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's quickly touch on that. So Clay went down in what quarter was it where he went down with the knee injury? Was it the third? Yeah, yeah. I want to say so. I want to say the third. Um, Again, okay, sorry. I, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to recall everything that happens off the top of my head because I didn't like an idiot I didn't record it so I could go back and watch it. 
Um, usually, usually I, I'll, I'll record a game so I can go back and watch it. And if I want to, if I want to, you know, bring up some notes and stuff in specific yeah. times, but anyways, um, so clay goes down with a knee in, with a knee injury. Igudala still has his same leg contusion, um, issue that he's dealing with. Steve Kerr said today, I, I, I read a headline today that Steve Kerr said that both are doing fine. Um, he said he spe- and Kerr specifically said that Clay is moving around fine, so um, I expect yeah. them both to be probable um, for expect, for Game Five. I, I think they both play, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, um, but but still, I mean, injuries are injuries. I mean, because look, I know some people are talking about, some people aren't, but Steph Curry is still hurt as well. And that's, I think, part of part of his struggles. We've seen it. We've seen it two years ago in the playoffs, uh, with with how, with just how that seventy three nine season though. But Steph was Steph was hurt, and you can and you can see that Steph is a player where injuries affect him more than they affect the traditional star. Yeah, because his game is so predicated on movement in general. It's like yeah. side to side type of stuff. As yeah, as being a straight up athlete, but yeah, I'm with that. But also, I think Steph looks a lot better coming back from that injury than he did from uh, from uh, what you call it that last year. I just honestly think it's him having to work so much defensively this year that it's just throwing his whole offense off more than him being like healthy. I think he's actually like really close to being 100 percent healthy. I just think it's that he has to work so much on defense finally that it's throwing off your legs and your shot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think the defense is playing a factor. Um, again, who knows? We're just kind of speculating. We don't really know yeah. Steph Curry's injury status or health status, I should say. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, so I expect both of them to play. Um, game five will be a very competitive game. Um, I expect Houston to come out with a lot of energy. I'm glad we finally got a competitive game in the playoffs. And it seems blowouts for a while, man. Yeah, it seems like it's been forever. Do you think game five is close? I think it'll either be. I mean, this is going to be bad because that's what it's been all serious, but I think it's going to be either really close. Or it's gonna be a Golden State blowout. One of the two. Yeah, I got. I, I'm. I'm feeling Golden State by like seven or nine right now. I, I feel. I was gonna say Golden State by like ten, eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I think. I, Gold, I think Golden State realizes what it is, and it's just time for them to uh, finally wake up and play a full game of basketball. Yeah, because I and I know we'll talk about this with the Boston and Cleveland series in a minute. Um, when we transition that in a second, but with with you don't want to if you're the Warriors, you don't want to go to a game seven because a game seven is a game seven for a reason, right? It's win or go home. It's anything a game can happen. Seven is anything can happen. And sure. you know, granted, you have the better team and the best and the best players, the two best players in the series. When um, I mean, right now, Harden's playing better than Curry, but I think objectively speaking, um, Curry and Curry and KD are the two best players. In, in this series and so so you have that so like when you have those advantages you're still though ultimately on the road against a 65 win team in a game seven you do not want to put yourself in that position yeah i'm so, with you on that one i think they want to end it in i think they want to end it in golden state more than anything in the world yeah well of course you would like you want to you want to be going up 3-2 and have that game six and make the Rockets feel all the pressure to have to come into that building and win. Because yeah. I know if they win this game five tomorrow night, I was there for game three when it was a 1-1 series. That place will be rocking for a game, for a closeout game against the Rockets too. But yeah, yeah real quick. Um, and that's the other thing too, because even if it goes to a game seven, in general, the best team doesn't necessarily win a series. It's it's so much more predicated on luck and timing than anything else. Like, I don't want to drag it back all the way to 2016 because it's like, who knows if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended. I, I certainly feel this way. I don't know about you yet. Like, I think that series is over in five if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended. 100%. 
because after that, the Boken injury, and then basically Andre Iguodala damn near breaks his back. And it's just so much momentum coming back that way to Cleveland. Like, yep. I, you want to get this series done with as soon as possible, and I think everybody on this team realizes it, and it's like, hey, this <laughs> could definitely give you some 2016 flashbacks. But uh, real quick, what are some final thoughts that you have about this series? What do you want to see Game 5 from both teams? Uh, From... From the Warriors, I do want to see Steph KD pick and roll. Um, I I, I want to see like that. Forty eight minutes of that. Like I just I don't get I don't get if you're not I don't get if you're if you're not using it against Houston. Who are you saving it for? Well, that's the thing. Like they tried to save it. Well, they tried to save it for last year, just specifically in the finals, like the last two games, because like the West wasn't that aggressive. Like they didn't have a team that was almost as good as Golden State Yeah, to play against in the conference, like, in the four finals, because it was sweep, sweep, sweep. Yeah. So, like, they didn't have to worry about it. But, like, if there was a time to break up the Steph KD pick and roll, it's yesterday. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's... Because, yeah. I mean, you just want to put those dudes in positions to play defense. Like, and I mean, they've been defending well, don't get me wrong, but it's, like, I just... They... If you have to guard Steph Curry, KD, pick and roll for 30 minutes of action, I don't know what team in the NBA could. None. Well, actually, I'll answer yeah. that. None. No I, team in the NBA could. I will say that Houston has one of the best antidotes with, with Ariza and Chris Paul. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Chris Paul, as great of a defender as he is, we've seen him in this series when he gets switched on to KD. Sometimes he can do, he can, he can do enough, but most of the time it results in a KD bucket. Because at yeah. the end of the day, seven feet beats six feet. Exactly. Well, he's like more like five ten. Like right. But shoes. But like another big thing for me is just like I want to see Steph be super aggressive. Like there was that time period last year when they were like adjusting. It was like my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. Where KD went to Steph and he was just like, you know what? I'll fit in. I'll do my thing but you're the engine of this team. And people, like, Katie's really good, like, but this team is predicatedly built around Steph Curry and, like, his gravity as him as a basketball player. Like, I want to see Steph Curry, like, the guy who shoots that 35-footer in transition. Like, I want to see him, like, be the super aggressive guy because when he plays that way, they're just so hard to stop. Yeah. Um, and also, um, I want to see less, I want to see, like, a focused 48-minute game from them. Like, I want to see, they get, they're so sloppy with the ball. And, like, if half of those turnovers, like, that they get in the first five minutes were really p- true possessions, this game, like, this series would be pretty close to almost being a sweep by now. But, you know, I mean, no team's perfect, and their complacency is, like, their big kryptonite. And Rockets, um, more defensive intensity for sure. And uh, I want to see their shooters and their playmaking other guys to find a way to stay involved, even though their offense is super high, so heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, you ready to bounce to... Let's bounce it over. Boston-Cleveland. All right, yeah. 3-2. Three, 3-2 two. Three, two Boston. 3-2 oh, Boston. Do we... Okay, first of all, do we really want to see Boston in the finals? Y- yes. You do? Yeah, I mean, I just like the, I love the energy they, I mean, oh my god, those games on the road, they're going to get clobbered by 67 points easily. I was going to say 69, but decided to correct myself, 67. <laughs> but, no, I swear to it. It's your podcast. Dude. Yeah, man, I swear, I swear on my head, that was a random number that popped in my head, and I'm like, wait, self-edit. I have those moments of self-edit sometimes. But anyways... They're gonna get annihilated on the road every in Oracle. Oh, that those games would be ugly. But I mean, the way this team plays at home and the way they switch, the way they play hard on defense, like, and you said this, I think it was one of the first podcasts we did when we were talking about it was in the regular season this year, and we were talking about how um, Golden State really only respects three things: the Spurs, LeBron, and the Celtics. And um, because they they respect the hell out of the Celtics defense, and so I I really uh, I'm I'm really just blown away by this Celtics team. They're a great underdog, 
And let's see, let's see if they, even if they somehow get one game, even if they somehow get one game, like it's gonna be crazy. Like that, that reaction is gonna be crazy. Like LeBron and the Cavs, we know there's no shot. But like Boston, we've been we've been picking to lose since the first round. So it's like, I don't know. Like can can like the greatest sports miracle ever happen? Like, you know. Yo, not... what happens if LeBron loses in the conference finals? If LeBron loses, it, man, I don't know. See, that's why I'm torn as a fan because I'd like to see the streak continue. It's almost like the Undertaker WrestleMania streak. You want it to continue, but you know. You're rooting for the art team too. Like when I went to WrestleMania 23, a quick side note, he was facing Batista for the heavyweight. And I loved Batista, but I was like, damn, I'm torn because I, I want the streak to continue, but I like I like Batista. He's the underdog or whatever. Anyways, side note, you get my you get my analogy, those of you yeah. that out there that rock with the WWE. But um with this series yeah i i like i like boston i like what they're doing um they're up three two now they're playing phenomenal at home wait hold uh, up really quick yeah low-key tangent do you check out the uh masked man podcast the masked man podcast yeah i feel like i've come across the name of it but can't recall if i've ever heard it there's a guy that comes on uh well he did comes on top who talk hoops with uh, zach harper and he does this thing called the Masked Mask Man podcast and it's about WWE and it's like, oh, maybe he's checking out. But anyways, yeah, rear tangent. Keep going. Okay, yeah. Um, no, that's dope. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, shout out shout out the whole Talk Hoops uh, back-to-back B2B podcast family. Um, but Find a way we, to plug every episode. But yeah. Every, every episode, bro. We stay, we stay consistent with them. They're dope. Um, but so we we both said this. Um, I believe if 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 I'm not mistaken, we both predicted that it was going to be two two. We did the podcast when it was two zero Boston, but we both predicted if the Boston would find me, a way to lose both of them in Cleveland, and they did. Wow, yeah, look at that. And they did. Um, game five, though, I I I truly I leaned Boston, but um, but you know. It, when the series is tied two two, LeBron James like LeBron, you know you never you never know, but uh, but we could see that tonight. LeBron was just exhausted. Um, the role players showed up for spurts. Like Clarkston had a moment. Um, Love had a pretty good game. Love had a solid game. But um, Clark yeah, Clarkston showed up for a moment. Corver never really showed up other than other than a three that he hit. Um, I believe it was in the second quarter. Uh, I mean, am I missing? Like, who else really showed up for this game? Jr. was a mess, um, defensively and offensively. George Hill was never really a factor either. I mean, what was? I mean, LeBron had like nothing he was working with this game, and you know, so as a result, um, as a result, Boston won because they play much much better at home Marcus Smart dude is there a bigger difference between a home and road than a guy like Marcus Smart like seriously this guy like, yeah, goes from superstar to, to nothing yeah for sure he's been he's been really good at home man god damn well i mean that whole team's been good at home they're two completely different fucking basketball teams yeah Pretty much everyone was good for Boston outside of Terry Rozier, who missed 12 consecutive shots at one point. I think he finished the night two or three for um, for uh, 16, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, score. But anyways, um, what were your thoughts coming into Game 5, and uh, does Game 5 in any way change how you feel about this? Because I think we both ended up, saying that somehow the Cavs are going to win this series, right? You said, I said Boston in seven, and you said Cavs in seven, right? Oh, yeah. That's what it was, yep. Yeah, I still Boston in seven. I think they win every single game at home, and they lose every single game on the road. Yeah, there's, okay, let, let's be clear. There's no chance in hell Boston's wrapping this up in game six on the road in Cleveland. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. There's none. Zero, Zero chance. chance. I will put 
Oh my god. Could you imagine the betting line? Ooh, if I had money. Just to just to bet it away, like the payout for that. If you bet two hundred Boston closing the series on the road. Oh my god. Damn, you're getting cast the fuck out if you bet I'm, that, I'm bro. Oh my I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm retiring. I'm putting I'm 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 living on investments at that point. I'm just living. Okay. Um living on interest comfortably. No, but seriously though, um once again Al Horford was a stud tonight. Highest plus plus minus plus twenty two defensive rating of ninety one point eight, which is godly offensive rating of one nineteen point six, which is also godly. Um guys damn near the best center in the NBA right now. Um Aaron Baines was also pretty good. He did what he had to do. Also, I'm sorry. Hold up. This is a tangent. Joel Embiid, stop trolling Aaron Baines. One guy's in the conference finals. The other one's out in the first round. Um, I won't name which is which. But, yeah, that's you, Joel Embiid. So stop trolling. I get why you troll. It's hilarious. What do you do? But at some point, some point you just got to chill. What did he like, do? I missed it. Let the... Oh, you didn't yeah. see it? Um. Um. Basically, OMB um trolled the man bun thing, and he said, "Um, he said basically this dude with a man bun's only in the NBA to get dunked on." It's <laughs> yeah. like I get why he did it, but then also I figured it out because I think. When it went to Game Seven, Boston, Philly, um, that was it. That second round, yeah, the second game round, five. um, Game Five when they closed it out, right? Um, Aaron B- uh, Joel Embiid had a layup basically to try to tie it, but Aaron Baines blocked it, and then he got the rebound, and then Terry Rozier ripped it out of his hands, and then it was ball game. So I think he's been saving that tweet up for something to happen to him just to get a little revenge on him. Joel Embiid's petty like that. Oh, he's so petty. He could be pettiest dude in the NBA. I really do think he is. But, um... Yeah, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum was also phenomenal. Um, what was he? Uh... Plus nineteen. Yeah, Twelve year. Rookie. Yeah, all these dudes look like real defenders. Like that was my biggest question with these guys. Like, could you get these guys to like play defense? But apparently, they all can play defense. Like, and we talked about this before. But like, yo, next year, I mean, Kyrie's back, and they have Kyrie, Jalen, Jason Tatum, Aaron Haynes, and Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Out there at closing time, like, damn. Yo, can. Can I bring up something that I found really interesting with Boston? It's your podcast, so do it. (laughs) All right. Um, The the Celtics only played seven people tonight. Well, technically they played they played nine. Um, uh, Nader and uh, what's what's the other rookie's name? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Gabe Yabatel. Um, both of them played garbage time, but outside of that, so so technically they played seven. Seven players played meaningful minutes in this game, uh, so they really shortened the rotation. They didn't even play Greg Monroe tonight, which was an interesting, um, an interesting decision. But hasn't he gotten DMPs for like multiple games in a row? Though? Last game, he played game four. Yeah, he, he played did. game four. Um, Semi Ojale also played game four. Did not play tonight. Um, so he really, uh, yeah. Jason Tatum had forty minutes. Um, that's probably only been broken by the overtime game against Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh because because yeah. Stevens likes to play likes to play kind of a deeper bench. So and the scoring numbers, again, this just shows how Boston how really this series wouldn't be a conversation if it weren't for if it weren't for LeBron if it weren't for the mystique of and the power of LeBron James because because the the Celtics have so their scoring breakdown goes uh, Tatum with 24, Brown with 17, Morris with 13, Smart with 13, uh, and Al Horford with 15. Then you go to Cleveland, LeBron James 26, Kevin Love 14, 
and you, and the rest of the players score under double digits. Two points from Larry Nance, two points from J.R. Smith, only one point for Tristan Thompson, seven from Hill, eight from Jeff Green, and eight from Jordan Clarkson, and seven from Kyle Korver. Like, you n- pretty much n- no no help, and none of those guys shot well. Uh, J.R. Smith, one for six. Um, Jordan Clarkston, three for ten. Uh, Kyle Korver, two for six. None of these guys shot well from the four at all. George Hill, one for five. Like, these guys, they didn't... Uh, they, LeBron just doesn't have an... It's crazy that, that this this shouldn't even be a series. Yeah, it's... I don't even know. The Celtics are just so bad on the road. That's what makes this a series, honestly. Is that's the only reason why this is three two right now. Yeah. So okay, so let's kind of let's let's kind of talk about um let, let's kind of talk about the rest of this series. Um, so Boston uh, obviously up three two, going to Cleveland for Game Six. You and I are both in consensus that Cleveland will get that game. Um, I expect it to be a blowout, honestly. I. Th- Oh, it'll be. I think it's gonna be like another one twenty, ninety, one twenty, eighty type of game. Yeah. It'll be a massive, massive blow. And then game seven. <laughs> I mean, look, Boston has a tough task ahead of them coming into tonight. You have to win two out of three games against LeBron James. That's not not an easy task. But you know they have game seven in their home building. We've seen how this team plays. This. We've seen how well this team plays. This team played great against Milwaukee in Game 7 um, at home. Uh, but the, the, mis- the, pressure, of, the that... pressure of a trip to the finals, one game versus LeBron, I, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. We talked about it with Philly, and we've seen that Philly eventually broke. Is Boston going to break if this goes 7? I honestly think it's a coin flip. I think so too. I, I really do. <laughs> but I want the coin flip to flip in my favor because I still want Boston in seven. I actually really don't. I just want to know what. Oh my god, the news tabloids after if Boston if LeBron loses that game seven, man. Yeah. He's packing that bag up and he's going straight to wherever. I don't even know, but <laughs> TBD. Yeah. But it's just that Cleveland's bench is so bad, man. Damn. Yeah, it's it. it the, Damn, they are awful. The supporting cast is just just god awful. I mean, the supporting cast is not even the supporting cast. It's just a cast. It's not. There's no support coming from this team whatsoever. I honestly did not know that. Like the only playable trade person out of that trade was George Hill. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like Jordan, I never thought Jordan Clarkson was good. I thought good player on bad team, so that's why he looked good. Like I thought Rodney Hood would be okay. Like yeah. he's a decent pick and roll player. Like I thought he'd be okay. Like outside of LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Kyle Korver, like I don't know who I trust. And if Kyle Korver is a third person that I trust the most on a basketball team, I don't know how you expect me to get to a. NBA championship, but the best player of the team is LeBron James, and it's like, all right, that should be well, enough. So here's here's the one thing I will say that Cleveland has going for them, and this is why I give so much hesitation. LeBron James. Well, yes, but yes, LeBron James specifically, <laughs> specifically is my. This is what's giving me so much trouble with this series. Is everything tells me you're right? I should be with you. I should be Boston and seven. I should have been Boston in seven from the jump. They're just the better team. Oh, is it the basic basic mistake of not being able to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers? It's not that. It's it's LeBron versus because tonight, like I mean, tonight LeBron looked exhausted. Um, he played. He he didn't play the worst. I mean, but he didn't play that well. He had, I believe, seven turnovers. By the way, Terry Rozier, to correct my stat from earlier, was three of fifteen, so not good. Um, LeBron shot 50% from the field exactly on 26 points, had uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, only 5 assists, but with 6 turnovers, uh, and was minus 11. So that's his full stat line for tonight. But uh, my thing is, with with LeBron, though, 
is 2-2 uh, LeBron James is a totally different animal than facing elimination LeBron James, right? Like, I think we could see, like, like we saw what he did in that Golden State series in 2016, not to go back to the past, but when he was down 3-1, when he was facing elimination, he put up back-to-back-to-back 40-point games and just just did just played out of his mind both ends of the floor put uh just there was there was no uh, there was no gas left in the tank after that series he laid it all on the line you're missing one big thing with him going 40 points on that Cleveland it, Cavaliers you're, team you're again about Kyrie right <laughs> bing ding 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 okay, ding ding you also, had a guy going for also, 30 right there next also, to him also though I mean, Boston Celtics isn't that Golden State team. That's true, but you still had a guy getting you 30 more points with a 40, so at least you got 70. Like, if he's at 40, who, like, well, I, that means he's literally going to be doing everything, and the next person, closest guy might be 10. Like, you're, and this is part of the reason why, like, I love the strategy of let LeBron go for his. Because it's like, yo, if LeBron's going for 40, most of the time he will be losing that game. Yeah. But, my, uh, yeah, the, the the problem with LeBron scoring 40 and, and the rest of the role players scoring 10 or whatever or 15 is that Cleveland's defense is just not good enough to, like, if LeBron's scoring 40 and your next leading score is like 15 or 10, then your final score is likely somewhere around 80, 90 points. And their defense is good point enough. That's my point with all of this, right? Their defense isn't good enough to hold that. But I'm seriously like, like something's been telling me in the back of my head, like I, I've just been expecting a game where LeBron has 50 or 60, where he just totally goes just super, supernova. Shit, you damn near might need him to score 70 for them to win a game seven. Like, yo. Like, and I'm here, I mean, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I'm here on game two. They won 107 to 94. Brown still had 42. 42, 10, and 12. Next closest guy was Kevin Love with 20. And then from there on, 8, 3, 6, 8, and 2. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 6 out of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11, 12. 13, 13 guys scored zero points. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is a that is a hell of a number. Um, Shout out to Tom Navistro. That's my big number Tom for the day. Is, um, the, he, he always finds the great numbers. He really does. Once again, shout out to Count the Bangs back to back. But yeah, that's my point. Like, yo, like, even if LeBron goes for 42, you still need these other guys to be productive basketball players. And apparently when they're on the road, they can't do that. So that's my thing. They only show up at home, and that's barely enough for them to win because that's Boston so bad on the road. Yeah, I just... Like, you need this Game 7. Like, for them to show up one game, literally just one basketball game, you need these guys to show up for Game 7. Well, obviously you do because it's a Game 7. But, like, I think that's the only way they win. Like, the only when they win the game, the only way they win Game 7 is if all these guys show up. Because, I mean, I know we're both assuming Cleveland wins Game 6, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, damn, that'd be really weird if it did. Just, just like, the biggest fake-out. Like, I mean, you know, you know what I will say? And this is a very Bill Simmons-esque reference of me. Um, because Bill Simmons loves to pull these obscure uh, facts about uh, to to throw a little dirt on LeBron. But remember that series in 2008 before LeBron, or 2009, sorry, before LeBron walked out on Cleveland. Uh, or was it, wait, what year was it? No, I'm tripping. It's 2010, right? Was Yeah. Yeah, 2010. So that 2010 series against Boston where Boston reached the finals, uh, when when they beat uh, Cleveland to reach the finals, LeBron quit on that series. Yeah. So, oh, so do you think he? So I'm just he I'm just saying I'm just saying maybe if you are a heavy heavy gambler and you got a you got a good amount of money tucked away, maybe 
maybe LeBron, the Celtics withstand that first quarter, second quarter punch. They deliver a punch, and LeBron's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Maybe. Maybe he takes that trip to Cancun early. Who knows? Cancun on three. <laughs> Might as well, man. Damn. I really don't want Boston in the finals. Okay, why you you would rather have this Cleveland team? I'd rather see LeBron, yes. Cause I mean it'll be a sweep either way, but at least I can see LeBron try to be Superman. Like that's true. At least I have that. That's true. I mean Mark is smart as Superman when, when they're when they're home. Oh yeah, did you hear that the Golden State Warriors are trying to go after Marcus Smart this offseason, by the if way? They got him, dude. I'd be so mad. I, I don't want him anywhere but Boston. I just I, I totally have one eighty'd on him. I, I couldn't stand him and I'm sure a lot of fan bases around the league can't stand him, but since the Pistons haven't been competitive, I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about Marcus Smart and competing with Marcus Smart. But uh man, he just played Well hard. that's everybody, right? That's like it's like the it's like the thing with Kevin Garnett too. It's like you hate this guy when you play against him, but damn, if he's on your team, he's a nice player to have. Yeah. Yo, he really—he's like the black Kirk Heinrich, bro. Like he just—he's the grittiest dude of all dude, time. He is a—he is—he just makes these plays that just make literally make me audibly go wow. And when every every home game he makes a play, whether it's he leaps thirty feet in the air for an offensive rebound over two people, or like he or he steals a pass and goes coast to coast, or or he hits a. Three. Well, I think it's like you can never measure, like, I mean, I don't want to be cheesy, but it's just like you can never measure, like, heart or determination mm-hmm. or will. That's just like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like one of those things where it's like it's not an arbitrary number. It's not like he's like, oh, we had, like, five heart plays today, but it's <laughs> like, like, you can, and that's like never going to show up in a stat sheet, but it's just like every game will give you a couple of those plays where he's just diving on the ground for a loose ball. It's like, You'll take a charge here or there, and it's just like a complete energy booster for like everybody on your team because it's like, oh, you see him diving on the ground for a basketball. It's like, shit, I want to do that too. And it's just like, it's just a bunch of gritty young dudes that really just fight and they don't take no for an answer unless they're on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Game seven's at home, so like, looks like they have that in their favors. But it's like, yo, are we trusting LeBron in a Game Seven to like? It's just it. He doesn't have Kyrie Irving and like he doesn't have the well, shooters also, that he had. Are like we also going against one of the best years of LeBron's <laughs> career, LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time, having one of the best years of his career in a game seven. This is like, I mean, we see it all the time in the NCAA tourney, right? Um, you you know, like we see these massive, massive upsets because one game is one game. At the end of the day. And you never want to go into the you never want to go into a game seven when you don't have the best player on the court. Yeah, that's also the big thing. It's just like there's a huge thing where it's the bet whoever has the best player on the court game seven usually wins. Yeah, and that's obviously LeBron. But it's like yo, I just don't know how that works. This game seven, I don't. I want to see him in the finals as much as the next guy, but I really do think. The East is a changing, and that's gonna be Boston. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm rolling with Cleveland in seven, just because uh, just LeBron is LeBron. I'm not betting against it. I'm willing to look totally stupid. It's I see it as a coin flip, but maybe in hindsight we should see it as we should see it as sixty seventy percent Boston, judged on how good how much better they've been uh, against than the Cavs. I mean. They've beaten. They've had double-digit wins every single game against the Cavs in this series at home. So, yeah, man. Oh, this was. Yeah, man. Wrap this thing up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, thank you, Akil, for coming. Oh, one more thing though, I do want to ask you real quick. If Boston Boston makes the finals. Is there any type of gambling line we could throw on that they bring back Kyrie and Hayward? Just like fuck it, we're here. Let's shoot. Let's shoot for it. Let's just let's just go out swinging. Like honestly, though, the be- I'm not gonna lie. I really wish at least Kyrie was here 
because the best game I think I ever watched this whole NBA season was that Golden State Warriors Boston Celtics that Friday yeah, night that game. game was so good. Or was it a sad? Or was it a Saturday it was night Friday, game? Because ESPN was Friday, right? Or yeah, but ESPN also did oh, Saturdays yeah. too. No, I think it was. I think it was Friday because I don't think they start Saturdays till after college football. And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was early in the year, right? I'm looking it up right now. Um, but, but yeah, what was I going to say? Yo, that game was one of the best games of my whole life. Because it was just like, like impossible shot making versus impossible shot making versus impossible shot yeah. making. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, January? Because that was a game that, yeah, January 27th. Steph had. 49 that game, right? Yeah, Steph had 49. They won. They won won that game. The Warriors? Yeah. Steph had 49. Kyrie had 39. I'm thinking of of the game in Boston that Boston won. That was earlier in the year. No, I'm thinking of the one where it was. Yeah. It was like the whole fourth quarter was just Steph and Kyrie just trading bucket for bucket for bucket. Yeah, that one was good too. They. Also, yeah, but yeah, man. Um, I wish Kyrie was playing, but I'm not gonna lie. You know what I realized? That if the Warriors make it to the finals, they play Boston. That literally means we could come back and we could see more Zaza Pachulia minutes. <laughs> more Zaza Pachulia minutes. More. Okay, you, game three when they won by forty. You know what the most disrespectful thing of that whole game was? They're playing their centers. Like three setters at garbage time must be the most disrespectful thing of all time. Three setters, Swaggy P and Quinn Cook. Jeez. Javel McGee shooting shooting turnaround fadeaways. Oh my god, let me I forgot to bring that up too. Um when it was garbage time and uh Javel hit that like ugly turnaround fadeaway. That garbage man. Oh god damn, my bad on that yawn. But yeah, in garbage minutes when JaVale hit that turnaround fadeaway fadeaway, it was disgusting, yo. The arena was so loud. But anyways, yeah. I think, yeah. Totally, um, I think we've reached the capacity of this podcast talking about Exactly because go- I'm yachting time uh, lineups for Golden State. <laughs> exactly. That's how you know a pot yeah. is over pretty You're much. Yachty, but yeah, we um, got, we get, we're talking about three Golden State playing three centers. We're talking about the regular season. This podcast is over, man. It's done with. Um, when this series is over, we'll probably get to a NBA Finals prediction yeah, thing, 100%. and yeah. Um, we might we might check back in a couple of days, depending on how the Houston Golden State series shakes out. If we get a game seven, if we get game sevens out of these, we could definitely we could definitely game whip something up. Three game seven pod. I'm down for that. But um, all right, all right, Akil, man, thank you for coming on once again. Thanks for having yeah. me, man. Yep, no problem, man. I, I love having you on. As always, the fans love you as well. Um, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for listening. My name is Chris Platty. This is Strictly uh, Hoop Talk. And I also have a podcast, Strictly Hip Hop, that's on the same feed on Apple Podcasts. You can search um, You can search my name. You can search Strictly Hip Hop. You can search Strictly Hoop Talk. Either one of those three, and you'll find my channel. Um, and I do all sorts of things. I do... I do these basketball podcasts. Um, I do I do some awesome stuff in the off season. Like um, last year, I went through and I did every single day of NBA free agency, all thirteen days. Um, and I and I oh I'm in I on re- that. I re- oh my! Um, I did every single transaction, um, every single day. Talked about every single rumors. So yeah, I'll definitely have a kill on that one as well. Um, I'll be doing draft pods. I'll be doing. And and I wanna and I have some other ideas that I have in the vault um, that I'm that I'm kind of planning out, kind of brainstorming. So the off season will be a fun time. But in the meantime, you'll begin podcasts like this, talking about the latest news and the um, and the latest uh, the latest on the NBA playoffs. And then for the hip hop podcast, man, it's just it's everything. It's album reviews, it's discussion pieces, it's interviews, it's uh, with with big artists in the industry and. Not even just artists, but people in general in the hip hop industry. Like I had the chance to interview Peter Rosenberg recently, which was dope. Um, and I've interviewed artists like Drew Parks as well, who who is awesome. So, um, so just all sorts of things. Um, that's the goal is to have uh, podcasts that encompass everything in each uh, subject, both hip hop and basketball. But um, that's that. That's my little. 
That's my little plug pitch. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RealChrisPlatty. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. If you're new to the podcast, that's my catchphrase. Don't be offended. Follow anyways. Akil, thank you for coming on at AkilHH on Twitter. My man, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good one. Thank you.